I'm Ron McCallum, director of Nintendo Quest, and you're listening to your game source. What's up, world? Uh, I just, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, you know, I, I don't know. They, 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 insert here. Yo. It's a terrible game. Bottom line. It's terrible in every way. Graphically, it's terrible. Gameplay is terrible. It's just terrible. Oh, angry Nick mad. That game sucked, and it's gonna suck no matter how many revisions they make, and it just sucked even more because they put a connect with it. Oh, angry Nick mad. Or if there's violence, I'll just laugh and enjoy the fun. Kaz Hazari. Hazari. Kaz Harai. 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 They just kind of got tired of Angry Nick on the first one and said, yeah, I'm gonna pass. But oh, yeah, so I do. It's me, precisely. No, no. I, I, per- I no. do all my work. No. 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 I'm yeah, so I don't. Cute. Oh, thank you. I try. I mean, let's face it, Mario, and to a lesser extent, Zelda, is what carries Nintendo at this point. Always be radical. I love you, little podcast. You're the bestest thing ever. For the promise of the new Super Smash Brothers and the Zelda game, yes. Will not find a better story presented in any other game genre, in my personal opinion. Like, JRPG have that. They have that story. That's what the entire game felt like. Oh, my God. God, I want to bang my head into a wall. It's a podcast. Can someone remind me? I thought it was a video game podcast. You're listening to the Game Source Podcast. Here we are at the GameStop Expo 2015. What? That you'll hear for the first and last time that you'll probably hear me during this expo. Because the show's about ready to start. We're we're looking forward to a great day. Um, unfortunately, he is with Angry Nick, but uh, Rob McCallum, director of Nintendo Quest. Hey, happy to be here. I just thought it was funny because you had already said we just walked in the doors and you're like, I'm not speaking much today because I don't feel good. And I don't have to because I'm Angry Nick. So here you are introducing the show right away, like breaking that promise. That's because I would probably have to hear it from, uh, from uh, uh, Father Time over here if I didn't. You know what? I just want to say it was great uh, that you know I'm so excited to play Saints Row 5. You know that's awesome. I know that's a particular interest to you. And then after that, GTA 6. How do you feel about the GTA and Saints Row series? I'm not going to comment on that. Right. Maybe we should take a road trip to LA. I'll pay for everything, but you get dinner. No comment on that one either. But it's going to be a great day today. We're looking forward to interviews with a lot of great people out there, a lot of great uh, publishers, uh, a lot of great developers. Um, just going to see, and also going to give our thoughts here at the end of the end of the program on what we think of uh, you know our day and see if all the you know the great games that we're going to give it a try. Rob's going to get his hands on a lot. I know he's very excited, looking forward to uh, Star Wars Battlefront, uh, going to Telltale Games. Um, we're also looking forward to uh, Maximum, Little Orbit. Um, you know, it's just so much more. Stopping by the PlayStation booth, see what they have to offer. WB Games. We were curious more about uh, Lego Dimensions. So there's a lot of great things that we're uh, hopefully looking forward to seeing today. Um, yeah, it's loud, bustling here. A lot of activity. Um, thankfully, not as uh, high density volume wise as most of the other conferences we've been to. So uh, looks like we're uh, in for a treat. I'm just ready to play some games. Is it time to, to get to work here? I'd say so. Alright, let's go. Game on. The humanoid must not escape. Rob, you gonna get a chance to play it or? Yeah, I wanna talk first. I wanna learn more about it. Okay, okay. I'm already. 
Whenever you're ready, sir. Oh, we are ready, absolutely. And we're here at the GameStop Expo 2015. This is Gerald, better known as Yes Elvis Lives from YourGameSource.com, here with the director of Nintendo Quest, Rob McCallum himself, and also as well, Cameron from Maximum Games. You gotta be excited, Divinity Original Sin, the Enhanced Edition is coming to current generation's console very soon, correct? Yes, very soon, October 27th, it'll hit stores. So I, I, we're really excited, as you can see here, we got a lot of great footage. Uh, the biggest feature that makes it enhance really quickly while it's on screen, the couch co-op. It's literally just me and my friends sitting down playing the game, and here they're gonna match up here, and it'll go back into one screen. Very sweet, very sweet. So you're telling me you can split off into town, this TV naturally splits, and with you, when you're within a certain radius, it auto-combines. Yep. Just as we just saw. So basically, if I don't have a lot of time, I want to get two different things done. Do you, do you take charge because um, I, I would like to purchase this now? I do have an expensive room bill. We'll work on that. Um, I'm already sold on this game, but go ahead, tell us more about it. Yeah, so again, uh, like he's mentioning, so here we're also going to see the split screen again. This is the biggest feature that makes it enhanced. In addition to four extra classes, the ability to customize your classes, and um, there's also dual wielding wands instead of just staffs. So now you're going to be a wizard, not just a mage, which everyone loves wizards, right? Sure. Um, and you can also craft grenades now. So you can see this person is still just dilly-dallying. This person's in a fight over there. But they got close enough, and now they're joined up in it. And the biggest thing for me is, let's say you have two quests you want to get done in two hours, you go do one quest, I'll go do the other, and we'll meet up later, and we'll high-five over it. One of the things I wanted to ask was because last year it came out to such great acclaim um, on the PC. Um, what was that like? Were you guys surprised as far as the, the feedback you got from not only just as a critical response, but um, you know, as far as from a commercial aspect on how well the game performed last year? Well, for us, I mean, specifically... It's a lot of PC gamers, obviously. It's only PC gamers so far. And so to get that type of dedication, because PC gamers are among the most passionate in the world, and so to get that type of dedication and fanfare about a game coming to console is what we really had to harness, and I think that's what you're alluding to. Is yes, yes, absolutely. Uh, I mean, being able to take that charge and bolt in 150 awards, uh, GameSpot's PC Game of the Year award, be able to put that onto console is something that's rare, and to add new features is even rarer. So we're excited. Uh, I'm, I know I'm excited, Rob. Um, well, just tell us, you know, your your thoughts as far as you're looking at the game now firsthand. Are you excited about it? Yeah, I'm really excited. I, I when it comes to PC gaming, there's not a lot of play. One game I do play that is strictly PC now is XCOM. Now I see a lot of similarities with XCOM and what you're doing here, but of course, instead of a sci-fi alien atmosphere, we're talking like a D&D sword and sorcery, which I love anyways. And the fact that I can play this with a buddy on a couch, again, the split screen, team up, literally do whatever we want and, and strategize, man, I'm really excited. And before we started rolling, you said there's another one already in the works. How did that happen? Uh, well, it's actually been kickstarted and only reached its goal, uh, Divinity Original Sin 2, uh, and so the Additional features that we can say are going to for sure be in it. Uh, instead of just two-player couch co-op, you're going to be able to do four-player couch co-op. So look forward to that. But to whet your appetite, you got to get skills on this first. Over 100 hours of gameplay, you got a lot of time to kill before that new one comes out. So let's get to it. Absolutely. No, we're going to get to it. Absolutely. Uh, um, when's the, uh, the expected release date as far as I know it's pretty soon. Yeah, so October 27th uh, is the expected release date. And you can go pre-order it now wherever you want if you believe in that sort of thing. Uh, if you don't... Feel free to buy it when it gets to shelves. Or PS4 and X1? PS4 and Xbox One, yes. 
Just want to make sure. Are we doing a digital release and a physical release, or what's the release strategy looking like? Collector's editions? Uh, so right now there's just the enhanced edition, um, and basically we're not going to do a collector's edition labeling with it. What it does include is all the DLC from the PC version. On the one that he buys, you could just write on it, collector's edition. So he's getting a collector's edition, people. Just so, but yeah, we, you know, physical is the main thing. It's also going to be on digital. Fair enough, fair enough. Now, there are other, well, did you have another question? I, you, you I think one way we could get a collector's edition in the work, maybe for not this one, but for the sequel, when the fans get behind this one so much, it would be hard to ignore with all the fanfare that goes along with it once we're done the 100 hours of gameplay. You guys can reward us with a nice collector's edition for the sequel by the time that comes around. That, that's something I would love. I'm a gamer myself, and okay. so you know I'll put it up to the higher ups, of course, and we'll try to get something going. Okay, I'll, I'll take your word as your bond. <laughs> it's it's recorded here now live. It's on you. I like it. Okay. I'll take your chase card back. Uh, uh, I gotta go. Um... Now there are other great games from Maximum Games that are coming out. Can you share with us a little bit more on on those yeah, games as well? Like a stroll, down. stroll on here. Stroll, stroll, stroll. For me now, uh, let's uh, jump into Let's Sing. So this is your karaoke game for the masses, basically. It's going to be Let's Sing 2016. Sorry, guys. You choose, Rob. You choose. I, I would love to choose. My throat is killing me. Anything like rock-ish will work. Uh, Queen's going to be the closest that we have Okay. Today, so Queen, let's get some Queen. I'm, I'm scared. I I'm no Freddie Mercury. There's no kitty. I'm sorry yet. Yeah. Yet. Yet. Someone's got to do it. <laughs> Oh, you want to do the by heart version? No, you don't know it by heart yet, do you? No, no, definitely not by heart. Okay, so big thing about this game, as any others, now the sound obviously is going to be a little rough uh, trying to hear it, but it's going to show the music video for every title. So instead of just your avatar in the background, you're going to be able to see the artist with it and sing along with it. So let's give it a go here. I don't, I don't even, what, even, what song is that? I don't even know this song. What? Don't stop me now. I, I need to hear it, man. I, I don't know. You're, well, you know, we got a lot of loud things going on. I don't That's know if we're going to be able to hear it and not have to do something like that. So, let's see, though. Let's see what we can do. Can we blow the speakers? While we work on Let's Sing 2016 on Maximum Games. Take it over, you're the truth, bro. Call me now. Don't stop me now. Having a good time, having a good time. I'm a shooting star, leaping through the sky like a tiger to fight the laws of gravity. I'm a racing car passing by like Lady Godiva. It's hard. So the reason we, you know, this game for us is really exciting. First of all, we love playing these type of games in the office, so it's something that everyone can get involved in. Uh, you can play with up to eight people, so it's got a, a mass appeal is what we like to say, I guess. Um, we'll go ahead and quit out of it. We'll move on to the next thing. Uh, one thing to importantly to remember this, this is on PS4 and Wii. Okay. On Wii. The original Wii. The original Wii. So Wii U compatible with backwards compatibility is why. Um, but yeah, so that's Let's Sing 2016.
that'll be out this fall. Okay. All right, on over to Alcon's gun. All right, so this one you can actually play. Now, th now this one, Rob, this one won't be as uh, a challenge. Yes. All right, so uh, Alakine's gun. So this is a Cold War espionage title. Um, it's a stealth game, so we encourage you never to use your guns. You can. Chances are you're going to die. Um, so here we go. There's a little sort of a brief thing on how the actions work. This is the first level. Uh, so you're basically thrown into the mix of 11 different levels, and they're all super open, and you can kind of do what you want. Uh, you're going to see up here there's a compass. Basically, once you know where your objectives are, it's up to you to figure out how to go about completing them. And we'll see how he does. He's a little scared right now, it looks like, though. Rob, scared? Uh, very, very focused. So you got to get into that castle. So and this is going to be on X1, PS4, and PC. This is the PC we're playing right now. Any type of release date on it? Uh, this one we're going to do uh, this holiday. So we're going to hit it. Uh, right now it's actually slated for November 10th. Rob's just chilling right now, just taking a nice little stroll. All right, so there's going to be a guy right behind that guard shack. I'll give you Oh, who saw you? Hold on, slow down. So take that guy out. So equip something different than your gun. Use the D-pad. Uh, whatever you want to use. There you go. Which, uh, based in uh, World War II or? So it's actually throughout, it's about 20 years. Uh, so it's like this is the end of World War II. Um, and it's going to go up through the Kennedy assassination. So it's kind of an alternate history take on a lot of this stuff. Uh, without giving too much away, you're a KGB agent named Agent Alakine is your alias, and you were given an alias by the CIA because, oh, man, you're a double agent. So you're going to uncover a lot of story in this game, especially all this stuff. You want to take out, uh, you want to get over, stand over him real quick? Use soldier's clothing. So one of the big features is uh, social stealth is what we're calling it. We want you to be able to mix in with your environment. And the only way you can really do that is dressing like a, like a Nazi if you're in a Nazi cap. Exactly. There's other stealth. Page out of Indiana Jones. There you go. Exactly. There's other, been other stealth games that, uh, that tried to you know, do something similar to this, but this looks like a, a, a lot easier for the player to take, take a hold of. Yeah, I mean, for us, the biggest thing was we wanted to portray the stealth as a big important part, especially the social stealth, like I mentioned. And if the body's hidden, why shouldn't you be able to take the clothes and dress like them? So you can literally dress like about anybody. You can uh, go to the right, go inside the castle if you can, up there to the left. There you go. So if you remember, press uh, left button, you will bring up your objectives. Uh, not, not the trigger of the button. Sorry. See, PC gamer. He's not a PC gamer, is he? <laughs> um, so, yeah, we're really excited about this one. The story is really compelling. Again, um, for us, being able to do a stealth genre game is what enabled us to kind of really write a really compelling story. And for a small publisher like us, putting something out that we, you know, were there on the inception with on the story is really important for us. So we're really excited about it. We hope gamers are too. Uh, you get level mission, uh, mission gradings every single mission. And so it gives you the replayability. Like, if you go through with a gun, there's blood splatter everywhere, you're probably going to get marked down. You know, your superiors aren't going to be so happy. Yeah. If you go through like he was doing with a knife or a garrote or chloroform or other objects, you can really uh, take advantage of the spaces that you use and get a really high marking. Uh, no, this is uh, like a very promising title indeed. That's Alakine's Gun. Alakine's Gun. And I'm sure you guys are wondering why it's called Alakine's Gun, right? Um, so for us, what is Global Espionage? A giant game of chess. And so the name Alakine is actually taken from a Russian grand chess master named uh, Alexander Alakine. 
and he developed a move called Alakine's Gun, which is a rook, rook, and a queen in line. And so it's called Loading the Gun. It was named that, obviously, after he passed. And so for yeah. us, his alias being Alakine was only suiting to be called Alakine's Gun. So that's where that tie-in is. Oh, fair enough, fair enough. Here he is. He uncovered a little cutscene here. So, cool. Any questions? This is much easier to play than SingStar. <laughs> let's sing. Let's sing. Yeah, let's, let's sing. Sorry. No, clearly singing games aren't my specialty. <laughs> well, still, if you have eight friends, though, you can make it your specialty. Make it a competition. Maybe you'll want to get more into it. That's how I like to get into it. And some adult beverages. There you go. There are adult games you can play with it. I, I think out of the, two, the three games you showed, man, this one and the first one, I've got my time locked up. Yeah. I, I really like this. If you're a gamer gamer, you're going to want to play a lot of that game. Put a lot of the hundred hours in, and this one you're gonna to want to know the story and learn about it and get better and better at it. So, um, so for all three games, where's a good place to go for our consumers, our listeners, our viewers to actually take a look and find out more about what you guys have to offer? So at maximumgames.com, we're able to have all of our own game pages there, and so you can go in and check out some uh, uh, soon-to-be developer forums on Al on Alakine's Gun, which is gonna be really really important. Uh, in addition to that, since Divinity had already been out on PC prior, there's a lot of forums available like on Reddit and other places, as well as on our website we have links to those, uh, to really get the gaming community involved in it and figuring out ways to craft the best items. I want to get involved on our website. That sounds good. That's good. Uh, well, a lot of great titles right here at the Maximum Games booth at the GameStop Expo. For me, Gerald Glassford, better known as Yes Elvis Lives, Got Rob McCallum singing Rob McCallum, director of Nintendo Quest. I wouldn't know if that's singing. That's hoping and living on a prayer, definitely. How about yodeling? Yeah, yodeling. And, of course, we got Cameron right here at Maximum Games. want to thank everybody. We'll see you very soon. You're so great with that start button. Awesome. It's Gerald once again, yep, better known as Yes Elvis Lives Live from the GameStop Expo 2015. Once again, I'm here with Rob McCallum, director of Nintendo Quest. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm a little worried about Angry what Nick, though. You? You and, well, angry, angry Nick has gotten become silent Angry Nick. I've been worried silent, passive-aggressive Nick. I've been worried. And the, and the happiest booth that we've been to, probably. I've been worried about Angry Nick for seven years. It's too late. But we're also here with Tamara with, uh, correct? Tamra. Tamra. Ah, Tamra from Little Orbit. He's getting old. Yes, yes. We're here to talk about all the great Little Orbit games that are coming out this fall, which you said are all coming within a three-week window. Is that correct for all consumers? Just about, yeah. We're starting in late October, rolling all the way up until middle of November, right into Black Friday. So all sorts of holidays, goodness. Before we go into specifics, I, I was talking a little bit off mic, regarding um, Little Orbit and the fact that they still embrace the older consoles. We notice a lot of publishers, they're, they're totally abandoning as far as the Xbox 360, the PS3, and that your company is still, the line of games, some of them are still actually being represented strongly on those formats. Could you explain more a little bit about that? Or? Yeah, absolutely. So I think, as I was saying, you know, all of our games are family-friendly, uh, license-based games. And we do, we run the gamut from a Mattel title with Barbie and Monster High all the way up into Kung Fu Panda and Adventure Time. So 
we have a really good mix which allows for us to kind of reach out to all different types of audiences and we don't want to abandon that audience with um, titles I mean with the gaming systems at home where you have like uh, the younger audience the girls playing on the hand-me-down systems right there's still a really large audience of people who have a Wii, a Wii U, a 360, a PS3, which are actually kind of becoming the hand-me-down systems for kids now, the Xbox 360, PS3, Wii U. Because even if the established base between the PS3 and 360 is, uh, I say, give or take, what, 170 million, give or take, you know, let's say not all of them are used, that's still maybe 100 million consoles, even if conservative, that are still in use out there, correct? Yeah. Absolutely, and so we don't want to abandon that audience. And retail still has a hunger and an appetite for that product because, as you were mentioning, there's not a lot of uh, product out there for those platforms. When you go into a retail store, you're having to go either online or, or rentals, but there's not a lot of it out there. Um, we want to make sure we're still supporting that audience, especially because of the types of games that we put out. Um, but we are transitioning. As I was saying, we have the Mattel titles, Barbie and Monster High, we have now brought them for the first time to the Xbox 360 and the PS3 because of the fact that those are now the hand-me-down systems that kids are playing on as the older kids and the adults are transitioning into the newer generation platforms. Um, and then all of our other titles that kind of target a slightly older audience, we're bringing those to the current gen platforms, the Xbox One and the PS4. Awesome here. I know you are a big fan. You've reviewed many of the past Adventure Time games, so right here's a guy to blame. I do like them. My PlayStation Vita actually has something that's worthwhile to play. So awesome. yeah, we were we were excited to be able to partner with Sony on that. That was a really new experience on uh, for us to be part of their launch of the PlayStation Television and um, and transitioning Adventure Time over to that platform. You know, and I know when I initially saw it at, at E3, I was really excited because you know they were explaining to us how like the uh, the devs were. Uh, Zelda fans, and, and that it played very much like Zelda Link to the Past, so, you know, kind of bringing me, back, bringing me back in time a little bit, you know, I was excited to have the opportunity to play it, so um, it was a fantastic game, you guys you guys make quality games. So. Thank you so much, and have you had a chance to take a look at the new Adventure Time game that we have? Oh yeah, I think we briefly glanced at it over there, so not yet. I think that if you're an Adventure Time fan, you are going to be very excited. This game is truly an homage to that fan base. Um, we've created a truly interactive world. Um, the Land of Ooh is a place that you can explore. You can go through the Candy Kingdom, go into rooms, explore things. Um, you can go into the Ice Kingdom, Fire Kingdom, all the different parts of um, Finn and Jake's treehouse, all of that. You're able to experience that in 3D now. Um, so we've, we've kind of left that top-down um, isometric view play style of game and we've created a true classic adventure game. So very much more like that Grim Fandango style of gameplay. Sure. Um, but we do still have some of that combat in there because that's what Finn and Jake do. They've got their swords, they, um, you know, they do combat. Um, but it's not a combat type of element where all you're doing is hack and slashing. This is really just a small component of it. And it's more about the better you do, the more loot you can get. And then you just keep going back on that. With the Adventure Time games, when they come to you with those crazy titles, what do you in the office? What do they do, what do they do when it comes to you know the what was the something something? I like that one and the Nameless Kingdom. You know, it's like yeah. who thinks of these titles? 
It takes a lot of back and forth. We work really closely with the team, the show creators at Cartoon Network, um, and also really based on what kind of game we're making, right? So, for example, this one has a much simpler title this time around. It's Adventure Time, Finn and Jake Investigations. And it really is all about Finn and Jake becoming private investigators. They've taken over for their parents. Um, and they are uh, following clues and solving mysteries, rescuing different, uh, different characters from the land of Ooh, from being uh, kept in trouble and kept in captivity because of things that have happened. Um, and so you're, you're really getting an opportunity to interact in that way, um, walking around, uh, looking at different objects, seeing what they do, seeing if it's something that you need to pick up and combine in your inventory to solve a different type of puzzle. Um, you get different swords. Everything, like I said, being an homage to the, to the show and the show fans, you will see things in every area of the game that is something that you have seen in an episode. So all the swords that you collect are swords from episodes and they have a specific purpose and they're exactly the same as they are from that episode. Or you see signs, things like that. that you. It's nice to be able to relate, you know, oh, hey, yeah, I saw that in the cartoon. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I know uh, a game that, that really caught Rob's eye uh, was uh, Barbie and her sister's Puppy Rescue. The Nameless Sisters. Oh, okay. Keyword. Who are her sisters? I didn't know she had sisters. I need to know these people. Clearly, you weren't a little girl who grew up with Barbie and Skipper, her sister Skipper. Very Shira, Mattel fan, but Shira, which also came with the Barbie comb. Yeah. I did not know that. She did that. All the Shira Princess of Powers came with combs, and since it was Mattel, they were Barbie combs. There you go. and her sisters. So um, Mattel has a DVD coming out this fall called Barbie and Her Sisters in the Great Puppy Adventure. It's kind of a Goonies-esque adventure game. Um, and it's taking Barbie and her three sisters, and I will name them for you. It's Skipper, Stacy, and Chelsea. And they go back to Willows, Wisconsin, which is actually Barbie's hometown, which a lot of people did not know. Um, it's the first time people will see Willows, and they all thought she was from Malibu. She's not just a beach bunny. Um, but the storyline is uh, our, in our game is not really based on the movie per se. It's more we were inspired by Barbie, and there's puppies obviously in the Great Puppy Adventure. And what do little girls love? Little girls love Barbie. Little girls love puppies. And so we kind of took a little bit of an altruistic bent, if you will, um, and made it all about rescuing puppies. So Barbie and her sisters run the Robert Sisters uh, Puppy Rescue, and. They, um, they will solve clues and puzzles and help puppies um, who are lost, take them back to the rescue center where Skipper scans them with um, her little scanner for the microchip, sure, yeah. um, test them out, it make sure like they're a, all healthy. It seems like a really fun kind of point and click game. Like the, It's like uber, uber cute. Like yes. I, Clearly, I am very man-like and yes. I picked up the yeah. controller and saw the little puppy dog's eyes as I had to clip his nails and I'm like, Yes, what person couldn't fall in love with these images at least? And you get to train them, you get to decorate their uh, their kennels until they get their forever homes. Um, so it's a, it's a lot of fun, a lot of ways for that 6 to 11 year old who's really into um, that, uh, that kind of puppy um, nurturing aspect yeah, of... Uh, of almost an adult, I want to have responsibilities, yeah. kind of grow into my own personality, discover what I like and who I am. 
totally pick up. I have two daughters in that age range, so I know they'll be very excited for the game. I can tell you already. So, I, I got a big question for you. Okay, um, how is there still space for the family-friendly? It's okay to have fun playing games. Save Nintendo, which has always been their big thing, right? I come to your booth, and all of a sudden, I'm smiling at stuff. All the other booths, I'm not smiling. All the other booths, I'm worried about dark, ultra-realistic, gritty kind of texture. Like, oh my god, if you don't play this, and when you play this, you're going to like question your reality, and if everything's, if you're going to be safe at night. Gritty, it's, it's, I'm, I'm yeah. About how much health I'm losing. Am I going to you know, beat the timer to get to the end of the level? This is kind of relaxing and fun and colorful. What's that like to create games for that fan base, and how often do you hear from that fan base about the stuff that you do? And, and are they appreciative? Do they like it? Is a is it a growing market? Like, tell me about it. Well, I think that um, it, it's it's rewarding to be able to work on games that don't have the gratuitous gore and blood and all of that, and to be really focused on the fun aspect of gameplay as opposed to you know how many kills, how many hits, um, and so forth, or, or building up your ammunition and 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 all your guns and warfare, but. Um, so it is, it's rewarding to do that, but it's also something that we do hear back from fans. Um, and even here at the GameStop Expo, we've had so many kids here this morning that were part of the VIP crowd, and I've got some really great pictures I was taking of kids running up and picking up the controllers and playing with them and knowing how to play the game. It's not like they had to be really shown what to do. They were, you know, they understood, they all grow up with these things in their hands, right, the controllers, and, and they understand the concept of it. So they can come up, they can pick up the play, pick up and play the game, and they can feel accomplished just like their older siblings and their parents and whoever else that they watch playing games. So it gives that them that same rewarding experience. Didn't want to neglect the other game that you have coming to uh, current consoles, but also is it coming to previous uh, consoles too? The the new Kung Fu Panda title that you have in the works on seven platforms actually. Oh so goodness. yes, I know, right? Um, template. <laughs> Imagine all the paper parts we have to do. Well, we're still in the packaged products business. But, um, no, we're super excited about Kung Fu Panda. So Kung Fu Panda is coming out on Xbox One, PS4, Xbox 360, PS3, and, of course, the Nintendo platform. So it's on Wii U and 3DS and then Steam. Um, it's a multiplayer game, up to four players online. Um, so we've got local gameplay, online gameplay, so you can do that playing with your friends in the room, which... It's a brawler. It's a true brawler. That's what I was going to say because it has some obvious um, uh, similarities to another popular game that's out there. Yes, you named, you know, from a company that you named a uh, documentary after. Yes, Nintendo, uh, of course. Uh, I could say PlayStation All-Stars because that was less successful. But uh, um, yeah. this, is a, this is a fun game that you're going to have fun with your yes. friends and family. So the Nintendo comparison, of course. Better too, but um, when you're designing a game that has uh, uh, so many similarities to it, uh, what's the thought process you, that you want to try and make sure that you separate it as far as it's concerned, so fans will not just say, "Hey, it's just not a knockoff" or something of that nature. And I think that you kind of run into that um, pretty much. Are there original ideas all over the place? I don't know, but but I mean, you do. You run into that. I think the thing that's really great with this is that Kung Fu Panda as a franchise. Um, was always meant to be this kind of a game. It wasn't really meant to be a platformer, walk around adventure kind of game. I mean, it's it. What do you do when you think of kung fu? You think of fighting, right? And so, exactly. And so, I think that 
taking that perspective and, and saying that it's a natural fit for the franchise and for the characters, rather than saying, we want to emulate another type of game, right? And so we're separating ourselves by providing a family-friendly experience um, that still has an appeal to an older audience because of the gameplay. Um, it's very familiar style of gameplay, so again, it's easy for kids to pick up and play, but also people who just enjoy playing a brawler-style game instead of the, um, you know, a more typical Street Fighter-type game, right? And, um, and so it provides just that different aspect, so a game that your whole family could play on game night, or a bunch of uh, kids can uh, be playing online with their friends after homework, or you can be sitting in a dorm room and you've got a bunch of people playing the game. So it can appeal to all because of the fact that the franchise itself appeals to all. Well, that's, that's great. Like I said, it's looking like a really fun brawler. Um, and then the whole lineup that you have is great. Is there anything else as far as what's coming in the works that you really are excited about from Little Orbit? Um, well, we, had, we do have one more Mattel title, which was Monster High, and we kind of touched on that a little bit. This one's not based on any of the episodes or any of the movies that they have coming out. It's really much more of um, a story-driven adventure game where you get to create your own monster, your own ghoul, and you're the new ghoul in school. Um, and you're going to be interacting with all the characters, all your favorite um, characters from the shows and oh, from I the stories. Wait. All my favorite. Um, Yes, sure. Scream Queen right there. That's right. Um, but it's just that kind of a, another way for the fans of the franchise to interact with the characters that they love so much. So we're excited for that one to come out. That's in uh, November. Um, again, on Xbox 360, PS3, and the Nintendo platforms, Wii, Wii U, and 3DS. Time for the holiday rush for all your titles, as far as it's concerned, correct? Yeah. That you were talking about. So that's good. That's good. So the, the big question with so much coming up before Christmas and on so many platforms, mm -hmm. so many ways for different people to play this game. What's the future hold? What do you got coming out? What kind of scoops can we get? Oh, I have nothing I can tell you oh, about on, what you we have in the works. You, you got one thing you can tell me. No, we've, we've got a, we are really excited about what we have coming out sure. next year. We can't really talk about any of it because we haven't announced anything, but we are super excited. We're going to continue to be bringing these, you know, these really great license-based products to the market. Games coming out next year, is that correct? Okay. Yes. We do. Has games that they are going to be able to introduce to the public later on the visit. I'm telling you, Barbie and Shira team up. Both Mattel products. A little bit of different licensing, but they would imagine that adventure that Barbie could go on. You know, my personal. I, you never. I shouldn't say it. <laughs> Shira, do you do you see on the great puppy rescue? DLC, DLC, yeah, there you go. Have DLC on the Kung Fu Panda game. Cool. So um, the game itself is uh, it launches with characters and environments from the first two movies, and actually some characters from the TV show. Okay. Um, and then as the game launches, we do have um, exclusive pre-sale item where you can get two characters and environment from the third movie if you're ordering it from GameStop. Sure. But um, we also have downloadable content that rolls out all the way through the movie launch, which is in January. So again, a bunch more characters and environments from the movie. So that's exciting for us. Um, great. Again, with Adventure Time, this one's actually really huge for us. Um, I've been talking up the whole fact that it's an homage to the fan base and that it's a story, um, a kind of a um, episodic storyline. So you play through five different episodes um, of content, right? But that's all played as Finn with Jake as his sidekick slash helper character. 
Um, but in this one uh, exclusive item that we have for the for GameStop, um, if you pre-order the game, you will also get. It's basically like getting about 20% more content. Content. It's a full extra episode. But in this one, you'll be playing as Marceline, the the rocker vampire. Nice. Um, and so you'll be using her kinds of skills. So instead of combat, she sucks the red out of all the things in the environment to solve a puzzle, or she scares people to solve a puzzle. So it's again another really fun way to interact with the with the story and with the franchise. It's great. It's great. Well, I uh, want to thank you for your time, Tamara. Yeah. All right. Oh. Even getting it on the second time is hard for him. Well, considering how long it's been since he got it wrong the yes. first time, and then he remembered, I'm proud. I, I was looking for the glance down at your name tag. I didn't see it. He went with his gut. He shot for the moon. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, we appreciate your time in telling us about all the wonderful products for Little Orbit that they have to offer this holiday season. I know Rob is rushing to get back to Barbie and her sister's public rescues because he needs to clip more nails. No, no, the nail clip is done. I'm ready for graduation. I just got to contact the owner. I got to figure out how to do that. Once again, thank you for your time. This is Gerald, better known as Yes Elvis Lives, here with Angry Nick, Silent Angry Nick, Rob McCallum, director of Nintendo Quest, and Tamara from the Little Orbit. want to thank you for your time. Appreciate it. At the GameStop Expo 2015. And boom goes the dynamite. All right, we're back at the GameStop Expo 2015. It's Gerald, better known as Yes of Us Liz from YourGameSource.com. I'm here with the director of Nintendo Quest, Rob McCallum, and Dino Verano from Activision Blizzard. We're going to talk today about Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 5. It's coming out later this month. I know Rob got a chance to, uh, well, tell me your thoughts first, and as far as, you know, how did you like the game? What were your thoughts initially in trying out? Well, before I even got to play it, I got to watch someone else in front of me play it. And the first thing I thought is, man, they have gone back to the beginning, back to the roots. They know what the hardcore old-school gamers and old-school skaters are looking for. Something realistic, a real skate park that you can mess around on. And it, it just got better from there the second I picked up the controller. It felt somewhat same. There's a few new button kind of combinations. You can do a little bit more uh, realism in terms of what you can do with your skater. You can do some downward stomps on top of uh, the grind. So looking forward to kind of doing that. This game wasn't actually super on my radar because it had strayed so much. And we had been so long since we had seen a Tony Hawk Pro Skater. I wasn't sure if this was going to be a cash grab. Now I feel like I can actually spend some time with this game, master it, and become you know king of the skate park once again. And uh, Dino's grinning when he said that. It's true. I mean, we see so many sequels every year, and sometimes you, ju you just got to wonder if they're just trying to pad their bank account and maybe take a risk in other games. Tony Hawk's franchise we haven't seen, so I'm glad they actually put the time into it and not just dumped another one out. But I want to ask Dino a little bit more about what you were saying earlier. If this is something as far as a throwback to the earlier games, is that something that you had in mind? Actually, yes, and there's a reason why we call it Pro Skater 5, right? Because we want to kind of bring it back to that old-school lineage before. I mean, I love Underground. I love all those games, too, but people were like, it kind of lost focus, and it's like, I mean, as much as I appreciated almost playing, like, basically Jackass the video game, right? Um, I really wanted to go back, like, a lot of people talking to me, like, we really wanted to go back to, like, the early days of skating and kind of, like, what made the Pro Skater games, like, so beloved in their minds was, you know, kind of, like, those big combos, the big tricks, the multipliers, like, you know, just the challenge and, like, the fun two-minute rounds and stuff like that. Um, it's actually really, it is an intense labor of love for the guys at Robomoto. Like, um, they've had kind of this, like, crazy relationship with the Tony Hawk series where, like, the, when they were first brought in, 
you know, Activision kind of had that crazy idea, like every plastic was huge, right? And so it's like, hey, Activision came up to them with this idea. It's like, look, we want you to make a Tony Hawk game. And they're like, yes. And we're like, we want you to have a skateboarding peripheral. And they're like, okay, we're running with it. And they ran with it. And it was actually tough because it was in that odd middle ground where it's like, it's difficult enough to where you should almost just be skating anyway. Um, and it wasn't, it wasn't like casual enough to just pick up and easily play, right? So, I mean, I think they kind of like lost hope there. And then here, finally, they have this chance to kind of like bring it back and like, get back to like and make the actual pro skated game they wanted to make right so i mean because they're they're huge fans like uh just and like a bunch of the team there they're all actual skaters and they're close friends with tony so i mean they work really well and really closely together now the only other thing i want to ask i know there's a little bit of controversy on the internet as far as the change over to this more cell shaded type format uh, I know that was that done late in development. Was that what was the planning behind that? There was it was there a change? Was it was it when the change was made? Was there something as far as in the mindset as far as something not working previously or something? Or this was just something that was so much better because the game looks really really good. No, here actually. So it's been kind of a culmination. It's a sum of changes, right? So we've been little by little changing this entire time, and that's why when we were in the kind of like the in between like stages, right? Because we're going from because Tony Hawk's like never been hyper real, right? It's not a simulator. We wanted to have kind of that like, frenetic, arcadey feel, and like the pacing is fast, so you know, we started messing around with kind of like the color palette. Um, even the early things, you can kind of tell like the, the palette, the palette was a bit brighter, um, colors were a little more vibrant, uh, not necessarily like on the kind of like the dingy, dark, realistic tones, and um, we felt that kind of read a little bit better, and went with the pace of the game, and then we, little by little, we add more things like, like motion blur, and then of course, like once you add something, you have to restabilize frame rate, and you have to all, do all these other tweaks, and then eventually, like, eventually, like, we arrive here. I think the most noticeable thing is the outline, and that's when people are really like, they just changed it. You know, it's like, well, yes and no, but it's been changing over the course of time because we wanted kind of like a visual style that was kind of friendly and arcadey and suited the style of the game because it's not, it's not a sim, right? So we're not going for hyper real and, I mean, honestly, you can't do like, you know, 60-foot grinds and 30-foot jumps and 900s off of like helicopters and buildings and stuff like that. So we wanted kind of a, that art style that we've been building towards this for a while but it's finally coming together, and it, we're finally really excited to kind of just show this off. Absolutely, I think it really looks solid. What are your thoughts, Ron? Yeah, I mean, the second you were telling us about some of the decisions, arcadey is the thing that jumps to my mind. This isn't a hyper-real, realistic skateboarding simulator. Let's get away from that plastic peripheral. You know, and this goes against something we were saying, talking about earlier, and that's the music soundtrack. Let's get in there, let's get deep, let's let the rhythm really dictate the whole play experience. And I think the cell shaded really adds to it. I don't know what people are going to respond about the outline. I like it because it actually helps separate the foreground from the background images, so it's a little bit easier to navigate. I think some early stuff, like on the 64, for example, it was a little muddy and a little blurred. It was really hard to kind of pick the depth. This really aids, I think, the player in terms of that. Totally, I totally agree with you there, and that's actually one of the big reasons that the outline is there. It's because it helps kind of differentiate, like, you know, so you clearly see a grind line, right? Um, because sometimes they get washed out, especially when you're moving fast, right? So, I mean, and this is what the team's been thinking about the entire time, and this is what led to this decision. It's like, oh, when you're moving fast, the, fa the, pa the pace is fast, you're going through, you want things to read, right? I mean, it's like, and sometimes, like, when you have, like, all these kind of blown out crazy colors, like, you want to make sure that 
you know, this is easily differentiable from this. And that's why, like, I mean, you know, you can see. Just tell what's interactive yeah. by looking at it. There's no guesswork. And when a game is moving as fast as this is, when you're getting as good as you are, chaining together combos, you got to have that instant recognition. And I think the outline really helps that along the way. It really helps to read. I, I totally agree with you. The game, like I said, is really looking solid. It's PS4, Xbox One, and PC. PS4, Xbox One, uh, September 29th, and then X360 and PS3 coming out a little bit later. Just want to make sure, because I know it was coming to current-gen systems this later this month, just want to make sure all the formats were covered. Uh, we truly appreciate your time. Uh, once again, this is Gerald, better known as Yes Level Slips, with Rob with Dino here at the GameStop Expo 2015 for Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 5. Your life force is running out. All right, and we're back at the GameStop Expo 2015. Once again, I'm here with Angry Nick, Rob McCallum, director of Nintendo Quest, and I'm here with two awesome, lovely ladies here today from Xseed Games. It's Alyssa and Kelly. How are you ladies today? Good. Very good, thank you. Well, we just wanted to stop by. I just caught my eye with Earth Defense Force finally making its long-awaited well, how should I say, it's entrance into the current generation because it's so many times it's, it's done so well on previous platforms. Tell us a little bit about that and also as well, Trails of Cold Steel, which I know caught Rob's eye in particular. Um, so yeah, EDF, we have two EDF titles in the works right now. Uh, yes, uh, so one is uh, Earth Defense Force. In Japan, it was Earth Defense Force 2, portable version 2. It's actually a remake of Earth Defense Force 2 that was never released in America before. Um, so yeah, it's a Vita remake, uh, has like lots of new missions, expanded content. Um, for our title, we're calling it Earth Defense Force 2 Invaders from Planet Space. Because, uh, yeah, when we talked to the developer, they were like, yeah, we want to really like B-movie vibe to it. And we were like, excellent. Well done. I totally got that from the title as well. Yeah. Uh, for Earth Defense Force 4.1, that's our uh, PS4 exclusive. It's a like totally revamped version of Earth Defense Force uh, 4, which everyone was kind of like, oh, this has frame rate issues and like it's a little it's a little rough. And D3 heard that and they were like, I let's like make the let's totally fix it. Let's make it really smooth on the PS4 and it's gorgeous. It's like 60 FPS all the time. It looks gorgeous. Is it going to be digital or physical or both? Uh, both of the Earth Defense Forces are going to have both a physical and digital release. Yes! Finally! Yeah, physical release. Thank you. And now tell us about Trails of Cold Steel. Because again, that caught Rob's eye. He just was walking and it's like, oh, hello. Stop and talk to these ladies. This title it looks promising. So tell us all about Trails of Cold Steel. So Trails of Cold Steel is uh, kind of the sequel to uh, the Trails in the Sky series. So we released Trails in the Sky first chapter on PSP uh, a while ago, and now we have Trails in the Sky second chapter coming up really soon uh, for PSP slash Vita digital release and Steam release. Um, so one of the characters in that game, Olivier, uh, is from another country. Trails of Cold Steel takes place in his country. Takes place a couple years after Trails in the Sky ends and uh, sort of uh, is an expansion on everything that's going on in the world, all of the bigger machinations that are happening throughout the entire plotline. Uh, it actually is two games. Uh, it does have a sequel in Japan, and we've already confirmed that we're doing both uh, Trails of Cold Steel and Trails of Cold Steel 2, and they'll both be getting physical releases on PS3 and Vita. Boom! PS3, that's what I like to hear. 
So, uh, yeah, so uh, we're aiming for a holiday release on the first shows of Cold Steel. Uh, and, yeah, we are, we're working, working real hard on it. And you said EDF is coming out then? Which, which, uh... um, we are not so sure about EDF right now because uh, it's, we're, we're working on it really hard, but we're maybe later this year, but not. Well, we don't want to get anyone in trouble. You know, you know, we know how that is. So. What, are, what are some of the fans that are playing it? What are they saying about it? It's actually been really amazing. Um, I've had a lot of newcomers come up to it, and they're like, what is this? I don't understand. I'm like, just just try it. They're not gamers. <laughs> but they start playing, and they're like, oh, my God, this is so addictive and so satisfying. Exactly. What more could you want than blowing up giant alien bugs with and every single building that runs in your way? <laughs> and, and that's the thing, because my familiarity is when he was looking one way at Trails of Cold Steel, I have my eye on EDF over there. So, and yet we found a way to meet in the middle and coexist with the awesomeness that is Exceed Game. Unfortunately, it's with you, Angry Nick. But uh, no, we. Is there anything else from Exceed that that you think that our listeners, our audience, might want to know more about that that you may not hear to have today? See, uh, we actually have Senran Kagura 2 for the 3DS uh, releasing two weeks from now, or two weeks from yesterday. So that's really close. Uh, we don't we don't have it here because it's so close to release, and we've already showed it a lot. Uh, we have Nitro Plus Blasters, a fighting game on the PS4 and PS3 uh, that should be coming out later this year. Uh, we actually just showcased it at a tournament this last weekend, and everyone really really liked it. So that's exciting. Uh, we have Sunrun Kaga Estival Versus, which is PS4, PS Vita, and that should be early next year. And, oh man, we have Popo Lacroix. Yeah, we have Return to Popo Lacroix, uh, A Story of Seasons Fairy Tale. Uh, course Riding Blood Drop. We have so much. <laughs> see, this is why you're yeah, here. See? <laughs> I don't even know what's happening. I don't need to be here. I'm like, be here for give, give me, Give me my memory back. So yeah, so we have we have a bunch of stuff, and all of those are slated for like physical releases. So, yay! Awesome, awesome. awesome. Uh, any last thoughts? No, I'm just looking forward to everything that's coming out, and appreciate you taking the time to talk to us today. We appreciate it. Thank you so much again. This is uh, Gerald, better known as Yes Elvis Lives, with Rob McCallum, director of Nintendo Quest, Angry Nick, who is silent for once, got Alyssa and Kelly, the great ladies that are here for XC Games. Do you love games, breed games, and bleed games? Then this is the crew for you. If you are interested in editorial, podcasting, live events, and exclusive content, make sure to hit us up at info at yourgamesource.com and become part of a team that is dedicated to delivering all the greatest delays in gaming news and content all here at yourgamesource.com.